Welcome to On With Origins. I'm your host, Frank Diekman, Cooperator-in-Chief for CUToday.info. During this podcast, we'll be talking with industry leaders to learn more about leveraging technology to meet goals and deliver meaningful results. Thanks for joining us, and we hope you enjoy. Our guest today is Keith Sultemeyer, the President and CEO of Connect to Federal Credit Union in California. Keith, welcome to the Origins podcast. Thanks, Frank. It's good to see you again. Thank you very much. How are you doing? Oh, can't can't complain. It's uh, it's been great so far. You know, I'm in a in the beautiful part of the country here in Southern California, where it always the sun is shining and it's always seventy degrees. So, right. you know, except except for occasionally, <laughs> I understand. Except for occasionally, and on rare instance, and and as I'd mentioned. Uh, it's one point that I keep track of those days and put that on my tax return as a refund request. So, so we are here today to uh, talk briefly about uh, the indirect lending program at Connecta, your experience there. Um, can you share with us a little bit about how the program was started and, and where is it today? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've, I've been around indirect lending now for about 23 years uh, with my first credit union, which was Security Service, uh, Security Service in San Antonio, uh, at the time the biggest indirect lender in the country. And I've learned a lot about it there and, and have tried to emulate much of that uh, at Connecta. When I got here, we this was about 11 years ago, we were already in indirect, but we were um, not doing it the way that I was familiar with. We, we were primarily buyers towards the bottom tier of the credit stack. Um, I'm not clear that we had those things priced for risk appropriately. Uh, and then I had you know, when I spoke to our lending folks about it, they they said, well, you know, we're just cherry picking loans in these credit tiers. And I'm, you know, anytime a lender tells me they're cherry picking, I get I get a little concerned. The spidey sense tingles. So um, and, you know, it, it, in looking at it further, um, we decided we were going to pivot and go a little different way. Um, we moved up the credit stack a bit, um, you know, kind of brought a little different pricing model to it. Um, and, it, you know, we see peaks and valleys. We see ups and downs based on the market and, and kind of where others are going in terms of their buying. Um, but on the whole, I think we've done pretty well, and I'm pretty happy with where we're at. Were there some lessons that you took away from security service, that experience there in Texas, and that have uh, become sort of principles for you at Connecta that you've uh, built upon that have allowed you to achieve that success? Uh, well, yeah, I, you know, the, the level of success can be debated, but I'll tell you how we approach the business and it, and it works for us. Uh, I think our primary maxim is, is look, you got to be consistent. You can't be in and out of the market. The dealers have to be able to rely on you. You want to buy kind of at the same area of the credit stack uh, and you want to do that for a number of different we- reasons. One is, you know, the dealers need to n- want to know that they've got a good chance of getting uh, an approval if they send you the deal. Um, and two is you don't want them sending you a lot of deals that you're not going to do. Uh, you're you're going to your people are going to waste a lot of time looking at those deals. Um, the next is, and, and this is pretty important, is to maintain some level of discipline in, in your pricing. Um, decide what margins you need to be in the business and try to maintain some discipline around that because you're going to see things uh, when you look at your rate sheets that 
just don't make sense to you at, at people buying at levels that you just you know you say look this is a loss all day long every single deal and there's no way we're going to make it up in volume right um but uh you know just because you see that doesn't you, you have to maintain a little discipline and not follow them down you know to the bottom of the spiral and it may impact your volume for a while um, but you don't know what their balance sheet looks like. You don't know what their alternative investments look like, and you don't know what their strategy is. So, you know, pick your strategy and, and try to stick to it. That's one of the things that um, that we've done that that we've had some success with. Um, you know, I, I would say avoid the um, the temptation to go out and sign up every single dealer. Um, fewer, better dealers is definitely a more efficient way to run your business. Um, get close with some, um, get the ones that send you deals, hold them close, um, maybe hug them with a promotion every now and again, or support them when they're doing promotions uh, at their dealerships. Uh, and ultimately, you know, it, it takes down the time of due diligence and you don't waste a lot of time trying to recertify or trying to stay on top of dealers that never send you any business or send you maybe one deal a year. Um, so we've, we had about 600 or so when I got here, we've trimmed that down to less than a hundred. So, um, and that's, you know, that, that works pretty well for us. Um, and then finally, probably the most important thing, uh, I think anyways, is speed, uh, a quick answer and a quick funding. That's what the dealers want. That's how they want to do business. You need to be able to offer a quick answer and you need to be able to get them their money fast too so they can pay down their their warehouse line, that their, their, their floor plan loan that they're using to, to fund their inventory. Um, the, uh, the, you know, a quick answer doesn't always have to be a quick yes. It can be a quick no, um, but obviously a quick yes gets you more business. And uh, one thing I know for sure, because we've been using uh, ArcOS for indirect now for a couple of years, and when we made that switch, we saw an immediate increase in our ability to auto-approve without changing any of our underwriting guidelines. We went from kind of the mid-teen uh, range for auto-approves up to around 50. And we've steadily gotten a little better at that as, as we've tweaked. Um, so for us, it's kind of those those kind of four pillars on the on the stool um, that that has kept us in the game and and you know earning a bit here and there. And uh, Keith, as Origins often points out, credit unions on its platform are the number one auto lender in the country, um, which might lead some to think there aren't any real growth opportunities left in indirect lending. Are there, and, and this may touch on the point you just raised, uh, if there are, where are the growth opportunities? Yeah, I, so, you know, Origins has just had its best year ever, uh, and that's in a, an environment that's becoming in, increasingly difficult. Uh, and Origins together, you know, all the credit unions combined are the largest order, uh, largest auto lender in the country. So there is growth there. Um, we've seen that growth there. Uh, I think as we look to the future, um, there's some real question around what the, the, the dealership model looks like going forward. Uh, we have OEMs selling direct to consumers now. Uh, Tesla is a great example. We have some of the big um, 
brand names looking at doing their electric vehicles direct to consumer, uh, and then some of the big um, online shops like Carvana's of the world that are going direct to consumer on used cars. And I think that as we look to the future, credit unions are going to need to be positioned at at the top of the funnel, uh, where we are part of the buying decision, where we're at that point of sale, whether it's with the OEMs or with the Carvana's or any of the other new entrants. And, and maybe not, we're not necessarily abandoning the dealership model, but we need to be positioned at that top of funnel for that business that, uh, that moves, you know, direct to consumer, uh, whether it be online or, um, or straight from the, uh, the manufacturer. You know, credit unions received some uh, national publicity in the last couple of weeks on the advantage they have in pricing uh, rates on automobiles, but on auto loans, excuse me. The, but we all have seen the rates rise. How have rising rates changed the business? Um, have you had to pivot in any way? What, what should people be aware of? Well, I, I don't know that it's the same for uh, for everyone, but for us, we've definitely seen things slow a bit. Um, and, you know, some of the big ticket items, people are kind of taking a wait and see attitude toward. One of the things that we looked at uh, pretty hard as as we came into this was that we're, we're constrained on liquidity. If you'd asked me 18 months ago if that was ever going to happen, I'd have said there's no chance because we've got a billion dollars in cash sitting on the balance sheet. Well, that's gone. Uh, and having talked to um, many of my peers, that seems to be the common theme out there. Uh, so as we look to, okay, if we're constrained for liquidity and consumers are drawing down their balances, they're probably getting constrained for liquidity as well. Uh, we need to be able to offer them tools to help manage their liquidity, whether it be lines of credit, um, credit cards. Uh, things of that nature, where we actually have the margin, you know, to to do that. The loans are relatively small. We can help a high number of members without depleting um, what little cash we have left on the balance sheet. So that's that's kind of the pivot that we did, uh, and so far it's worked out pretty well. The demand is there uh, from the members, and um, you know, we're never going to recover all the balances that we would on mortgages and autos because they're just not high balance. Uh, but in terms of the number of folks that we're able to help and being where they want us, you know, be, meeting them where they are, um, that seems to have worked out pretty well for us. Well, that's that's interesting. A, a final question. In, in all the years I've covered credit unions, I think the debate over indirect lending has always been there. You see credit unions have had success with it and you see other CEOs and would-be CEOs who are really hesitant what advice do you have uh, for, a, let's say, someone, uh, a credit union, considering getting into indirect lending? Well, the first thing you have to get comfortable with is that it's a low margin business. Uh, it, it is today, has always been a low margin business. And really what you're looking at is, you know, what is the what's the yield on my next best investment? All right. Now, there's some benefits to indirect that you don't get and buying a treasury. And that is one, your name is out there. Um, and two, you have the opportunity to try and sell the next piece of business uh, to the indirect auto buyer. That's not easy to do. Uh, and it's not going to be, you know, um, probably not a high success rate. Or if anyone's having high success rate, I'm all ears. I'm open to suggestions. Um, but 
Um, we do have some success at that. We call them, you know, redeemed members. Uh, when they were only indirect in a $5 share account, um, you know, what other challenges do they have that we can be the solution for? Um, takes a little effort. Uh, we've tried to automate that to the greatest extent possible because it is kind of a reasonably low success rate. Uh, but you do have some success in it. it at, the, at its fundamental level, you need to look at it as an investment alternative. Uh, and then from that standpoint, try and capture some of the ancillary benefits as well. Oh, that, that is interesting. It's intriguing. I have little doubt that will lead uh, some people to rethink their positions and, and others to uh, pivot as you have. Uh, Keith, we, we appreciate you sharing your time with us today. Anything you wish to add at all? No, great. Uh, you know what? It's going to be an interesting uh, next couple of months. And, uh, you know, I, credit unions have always been there for the members. I have no doubt that we're going to be there again. Uh, it's an opportunity for us to prove our difference. Uh, whether it be on the indirect side or direct to your members or in, your, in the community, um, we are the best solution in financial services, in my unbiased opinion. Um, and we just need to keep doing what we're doing and telling our story. Well, well, thank you again for your time. You bet. Absolutely. Thank you all for taking this time with us today. Please be sure to view the show notes for important links and information discussed during this episode. And if you haven't had the chance to already, please subscribe to On With Origins through your favorite podcast listening platform to receive notifications and new episode alerts. Have a great rest of your day, and we look forward to having you tune in for our next episode.